This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Aha, Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, I'm your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn, and you can find me on Twitter, at your buddy Gooch, and on Instagram, at your buddy Gooch. And... Jocelyn Sharp, at Jocelyn Sharp on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can reach me, Twitter, uh, at Rise to Offend, Facebook, at Rise to Offend, and Instagram, Rise to Offend Official. This week, guys, we are going to be talking... Talking to Benji, vocalist of Skin Dread. New album, Big Things, is coming out April 27th, guys. Before that interview, we always like to talk about the Metal Sucks news. This week, there was a news story that uh, irked me very much. And it's not the one that everybody's thinking about. That's heard. Okay, but uh, um, so Frankie Palmieri from Emure decided to send out a diss track back. (laughs) And this diss track was so... Bad. What are like, you talking? Now, are we talking like bad, like 1989 bad? Like, that's bad, dude. No. Or are uh, we like, is it like bad? Like, hey, you got cancer bad. If, if anybody actually clicked on this thing and listened to it, okay. Because I don't like your analogy either way. That was what? a weird analogy. Your, your analogy just made me uncomfortable. It's always bad. It's just a horrible, horrible. I mean, everything Amir kind of does is pretty bad. But like this, like, I can't believe they actually, they're musicians that put this out in the world. Yep, I well. felt the same way about like, you know, when the dude from Attila did his diss track. Like these diss tracks are so bad. Okay. Or they're bad because uh, they're dumb. They're dumb. And I guess the point of them is just to get clicks or some sort of stupid but that's likes. what gets clicks and likes. Yeah. Dumb. Here, I don't know. Here's the thing, guys. Okay? I, I, I listened to this thing from Fa- Frankie Palmieri, and I was like, my, I have a two-year-old son, Briscoe County, right? Yeah. Right? And I'm like, my two-year-old son can write a better diss track. Well, should we, we know listen- that for a fact. Well, should we listen to... Let's hear. Let's let's give him a clip of a very small clip of of the diss track that Frankie did. But I want them to get a taste. Yeah, so don't, this don't is Frankie, subject them to more than a clip. This, this was, is Emir's uh, a diss track to, uh, and he had help from some guy named Evolution. Some I don't know, but yeah, anyways, was it Evolution? Was it spelled wrong? Yeah, E V O. Just I, I don't want to talk about. Isn't it. that how you spell, how you spell <laughs> Evolution? Yeah, that's how you spell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pete, you don't spell Evolution. It's not E V I. It's not E V U. Listen. It's EV zero. He spells it wrong. Hey, okay. hey, hey, okay, calm down. Sorry. Don't go nuclear. He put a number in there. Yeah, don't go nuclear. <laughs> don't do that, Pete. Your temper is at an all-time high. You're about to go nuclear. But you've evolved. It's fine. Can you hit the button? Can we hear this horrible track? <laughs> hey, look, it's me, nobody. Show up and leave you bloody. Ask me how I think it's funny. You think me when you get that money off. I would never go talk shit for the hell of it. Uh. That's a big sound that you is irrelevant. If you respond to this, you will get tracked. Call your fucking lawyer and tell him, listen to this diss track. It's in the mosh pit. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was featured on that track. Yeah, Whatever. Exactly. They, they, I'm they. controversial. <laughs> this is so bad. Like That, I, that was, I Call mean, your lawyer. Look, if if you could look at diarrhea and make the and make the sight of diarrhea audible, 
That's what that would be. Yeah, totally. That was, I think that was diarrhea audible. Yeah. Yes. That was yeah. audible diarrhea. Somebody just shit on a 45 record and then exactly. recorded it. And it's and it's and it sounded like it smelled. And when you make a diss track that bad, you're dissing yourself. Right. Exactly. And so it's it's just and not only that you're dissing everybody that is responsible for you, your parents and your grandparents and then their grandparents. It's like when someone punks you and you like can't think of anything so you're like, "Well, you're Stupid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you put. And it's you like put, that Seinfeld episode where you're like, you go back to the jerk store, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, and you put music behind that. Yeah. All your examples are actually gold. Go call it. your and lawyer. Those were bad. Go those call were, your lawyer. Those were bad rhymes. Super bad. So, anyways, hey, look, don't play it again. Nobody. What? Don't play it again. <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm 100 percent positive. I, so I so I made a statement earlier. Uh-huh. I said my two year old son, Briscoe County can do a better desk track. My now, dream. now. So I, I, had, I had Uncle Gooch here, Uncle Brandon, you know, mm-hmm. bring Briscoe County into the lab and explain what he had to do. He had to top that song. This is the one thing you got to understand about Briscoe County. Um, he doesn't know too many people. No. So he only knows Pete and, and Briscoe's mom. That's pretty much and, and, That's and, about and, it. And Grandma. And Grandma. Yeah. And who's so, going gonna to blast Grandma? So Briscoe's going to diss one of us, I'm assuming. Of course. Okay. And he's probably going to go after the disciplinarian. Ooh. You know, this, this might, this might hurt my soul, but you know what? It it will hurt my soul worse if, if my son's diss track, my two-year-old son's diss track is worse than than Frankie from Mirrors. So let's, let's hear what you guys came up with. Pretty hard. Yo, Frisco County back again. Baby need a new pair of shoes and you know, I'm going to get my money. Extra, extra L County is back. Sipping on some yak out my bottle of fat. Sitting on a street corner, looking straight gangster. Dad's on the corner, selling ass, making paper. Briscoe's in the pimp game, put some respect on his name. He does Briscoe's property, making money from his knees. Stretch his little anus way out of proportion. He can't get pregnant, saving money on abortions. I say to my daddy, yo, bitch, where's my money? Catch five across the face if you tried something funny. He reaches in his pocket and he hands me a Lincoln. I say, take a shower, slut, cause your pussy's stinking. I know he makes an ugly hoe, that is why there is no dough. We should go to Mexico and smuggle drugs out his hole. Fill your ass with heroin and I might call you dad again. Shut your mouth. That's an order. Get these drugs across the border. What? I don't know. That uh, was soul crushing. That was a banger. And mm. there is no doubt that my two-year-old son is better than both oh, yeah. Franz from Attila and uh, Frankie. God damn. That's what the youth call a banger. He said put drugs in my asshole so he can call me dad again. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that well, he wanted to be, he needed a reason to be proud of you. <laughs> This podcast money isn't paying the bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see who gets toaster studio tomorrow, Briscoe. <laughs> I'm going to let you walk around with a shitty diaper all day. No, you won't. No, no I'll never you won't. No, 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 you won't because you'll catch five across the face. Exactly. So, so and, that, and that'll just lead to more battle raps. I, I'm pretty sure anybody that took the time to listen to all these battle raps, it's universally going to be obvious that my two-year-old son is better than both these guys at battle raps. Oh, so if down. anybody wants to battle rap a two-year-old... <laughs> We, no, we'll say we'll say those straight challenges to to Frankie from Emir. Um, our two year old will, will always beat you in battle raps. He'll always be better. And Chris from Attila, we challenge you guys. Briscoe County two year old son will kill you in this track. Destroy you. You guys are crap. We'll <laughs> wear your we'll wear your anuses for cock rings. <laughs> what? 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 I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? Mm. What? Oh, What's God. wrong with you? <laughs> what is the matter with you? Who even says that? That mental picture is traumatizing to me. <laughs> we'll wear your anuses as cock rings. Look, guys. Brandon. This is a family show. <laughs> 
you guys. Brandon, you, you, uh, that was pretty that was pretty intense. We will not do that. No, I, 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 I think we'll just talk some shit. I'm cool with that. I'm yeah, just we were going to go diss track. We yeah. were going to go we were going to go to your your happy place. Also, I don't, I don't have a cock, so I mean well, All right, Jocelyn is going to wear your anus like a clit ring. <laughs> it's still gross. How about I just not wear anyone's anus? Okay. Can we not have any anuses? Okay. Let's just talk shit. Let's stay there. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Gooch had too much caffeine. Yeah. I had a Mountain Dew. I don't, <laughs> I don't do well. <laughs> Obviously. I did the do. And uh, next thing you know. Because you're having some, some like weird gay Ed Gein thing going on. Next story. Oh, shit, yeah. Next story. <laughs> next story. Stop you two. <laughs> sorry. Shh. Sorry. Mm. Take a deep breath. Get that image out of your mind. I can't. It's stuck <laughs> there forever. Ed Gein. Good one. It's stuck there forever, and that song is playing in my head, too. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Not the Briscoe rap. No, the Everybody awful wants one. to hear that. Even metalheads love to hear Briscoe rap. Of course. Yeah. My son's got uh, He's skills got mad skills. When he, when he, when he disses dad. Yeah. And I think, I think well, a lot of that is just, uh, you know, kids rebelling because they know he knows you love metal. He knows you're all about metal. He mm. knows you're not necessarily a hip hop fan. And obviously, kids are going to do their own thing, and a lot of times they're going to do it just to make you angry. I think he did this to make me happy, and he, you know, because... The, right, of course. Because uh, that diss track that they yeah, put out, yeah, yeah. that Write, Writing angry. a song about your dad smuggling drugs over the border is what every father dreams of. Yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I, do, I do recall being a prostitute in that mm-hmm. song, too, right? Like yeah. when Harry Chapin, when he wrote Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon, that yeah. was all about putting drugs it's in like your ass. playing catch with the sun, going to your first football game together... Getting, I mean, getting past customs. Getting that past was, customs. That was virtually like a cover song of that uh, of Cats in the Cradle. Mm-hmm. Ugly Kid Joe did it first. Briscoe did it second. Yeah. I did tear up for a yeah, second. Exactly. And then Brandon's joke happened, and, and now we're just throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> Still grossed out. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. So the next story I want to talk about, guys, is that uh, if you guys haven't heard the special episode that just played a few days ago uh, between uh, Vince and uh, Charlie from Anthrax, they were debating. Um, you know, an article that was on, on the website. But it, the debate was pretty much like, you know, Charlie was on the side of the old way of purchasing CDs. And, you know, Vince is on the technology side and like how you have to watch and move forward. And um, you guys, I wanted to touch base on this because I do like this conversation. Yeah. Um, just a little bit before we move on to the next story. But you guys are both very much on the Vince side. I'm not really on Vince's side uh, all the way. Me either. You know, because this is my thing. I understand what technology has done to the music industry. I understand what technology has done to artists. It's all it's done is water it down and give the consumer way too much at once. It's just too much. It's impossible almost to be a band starting out in this day and age and really make enough money to support your family. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's damn near impossible, but uh, on the other hand, though, when it comes to technology, look, man, it's already won. It's already won. So the yeah. people like Pete that keep kicking and screaming and trying to get everybody to go back to the way it was, it's hard. It, it, you know, the society has already made the decision to move forward with this. And you could either be like yourself and keep collecting, Pete could be like himself, keep collecting CDs and, and hold on to those tangible things, which is fine, which is great. Or you can just fall into the world of, of convenience. Here's the thing. I know that that side's the right side. I know that buying the actual album is the right side of things. It's why I buy merch at concerts is because I know that I want to support the bands that I love. Mm-hmm. So I always try and buy merch, whatever merch I can afford, I buy it. And I get that that's the right side of things. I use the streaming services. I'm not proud of it. It's like buying stuff at Walmart. I'm ashamed. I don't tell people that's where I get it, but 
that's that's kind of it's a, a I'm a product of convenience right now. Mm-hmm. I would love to do it that way. And I'm not saying that if my favorite bands didn't make it exclusive, like there's there's albums that I can only purchase and I'll purchase them if I can only purchase them. Mm-hmm. And there are some bands out there that still haven't moved over to the streaming services. No, I know there are a few. But for me, like art is something that makes your life um, better. And there is a process to taking that in that every human will have a different process of it. If you take it in cold, you won't get anything out of it. Like anything, you know? Like if, if I send out an email to someone and I handwrite a letter to someone, obviously one makes sense and the other one doesn't. But the process of handwriting that letter, right, you get more out of it, you know? And so with technology, I feel that like music is something like when you, for me, and I think a lot of people that listen to agree, it was something that was, if you were depressed, if you were down, you can, I remember specifically, and they said this in, in the podcast, specific albums that like brought me out of it. Yeah. But the process and re- seeing it as an art form and having all those steps that you take, like, hey, I'm depressed. I'm going to go here. I'm going to pick up this record. I'm going to check out their art and all that stuff. Now, the major issue with buying physical copies is that there's a lot of bands out there that don't give a shit about the product they're putting out. Well, and those physical copies are useless. Like, I'm not trying to shit on any bands, but The Sword hasn't had a booklet in one of their fucking records since Warp Riders, bro, or whatever it was. Uh, what was that? Warp Riders? Warp like Riders, 2010. Yeah. And it's like, I just got used Future, and once again, I just flip it open. I'm like, no, this is a useless physical product to me. There isn't anything in this thing. There's a piece of, uh, you know, a, well, a little CD. And so a lot of bands' physical product don't give you that process, don't give you that experience. But my but, thing is, though, is with the sword, though, they probably saw the writing on the wall a long time ago, and they're like, look, we could save money on just mass production of these CDs and not have to make the book look crazy It doesn't long. work for me because they still sell good physical product numbers. They well, still get it out there, so why not? And I'm not trying to back, because actually, Use Future's an excellent record, guys. Check it out. But like, I'm talking about the actual packaging. So... The bands like Charlie, who is going to actually put time and effort into that for that experience for us because it's their art, I think as a consumer, you want to get as much as you can out of it. Absolutely. You want to actually get the correct and right experience from it. So streaming services is technology, is convenient. But do you guys not think it is a cold way to accept it? I agree because my best memories of, of listening to music, I'm laying on my bed in my bedroom, my childhood bedroom, playing it, playing a CD, and I have the booklet in my hand. And I'm reading the lyrics, and I'm reading the, the thank yous and the notes, and I'm looking at the pictures. And, and that's really, you know, you nailed it, Jocelyn, because I'm, I'm, I'm in my 30s. I think in your 30s and your 40s, the streaming services make a lot more sense. But the 20-year-olds, the 15-year-olds, yeah. the six that are missing the process and... And they even said in the, uh, in, the, in the interview, guys, like I said, I really hope you guys go out and listen to the podcast right before us, um, is that, yeah, well, you're going to remember things in your youth as the best things. And Apple Music and Netflix are going to be this youth's like, best things. Oh, do you remember when I surfed it on Netflix? But it's still a cold but way to you just showed your age because you said surfed it on Netflix. Surfed it, yeah. <laughs> streamed it. I know. Yeah. You know me. Surfing the web, bro. I was, I was surfing the internet. That's right. I have foreign <laughs> tongue. I have foreign tongue. Dude, that shit is fly. <laughs> I, I say wrong things all the time. <laughs> I, I know. I know that streaming is cold. I know. And honestly, the reason that I do it is because I'm broke. And it's I can for $10 a month, I can get all the music I well, want. And on top of that, too, like you're talking about the best memories that you have 
have, you know, sitting on yeah. your bed and reading and all that stuff. All my memories of music, all my favorite memories have been me driving. Have yeah. been me, have been me playing video games with headphones on my head. Like, I don't, I'm not the type of guy that would sit there and look and, and, and oh. you know. Now, granted, if I didn't know the lyrics of something, I'm like, what the fuck is he saying? Oh, okay. You know, you know, then I would, then I would bust out the booklet. But as far as like looking at it and yeah, sure. You know, you look at Tool and like their last album, 10,000 Days, mm-hmm. it came out with that, uh, 3D I don't know, glasses, like, yeah, it was yeah. like this 3D glasses that was attached to the actual container. And, you yeah, know, I don't want to play with records. I don't want to play with like, I understand it was really cool, but that was, but, like, but uh, you were talking, yeah. but see, that's the thing though. It's like, but that's an overkill. you just said, right. But it's also, I, but, but in Tool's mind though, it was probably part of the experience. Like what you were talking about. It was about. original and cool. And actually I did like it. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but. I, I, any, any artist that does that kind of packaging or tries to get outside the box is really cool. But if, if you don't have the budget and you put together a good booklet with Rivers and Niles' new record, it's got fantastic album artwork, dude. It's got the lyrics in there. I'm telling you right now, like, I listened to that record like four times and I'm like, this is good. And then I sat down with it and I'm like, whoa. Now, real quick, real you know, quick. It, it takes time. Let's just say this had artwork. Hey, look, it's me. No. No. Show. No, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't no. help you soak it in more. The artwork would be like crayons on a Denny's placemat or something. <laughs> if That's anything what that could would erase be. my thoughts and any 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 viable thing I can say, it's that. Oh boy, I, I agree. I have the ultimate weapon. You have I'm going to pretend weapon. it's not happening yes. because I can't deal with it. But I agree with you in a lot of ways, Pete. Because I I really did. I mean, to be honest, I had this weird fantasy as a kid, and I would read those booklets because I had this like I wanted to like hope that maybe one day a band member maybe like knew me, saw me on MySpace or something. Yeah. And he was, and like, he was like, hey, he what's like, up, 14-year-old Jocelyn? Thanks, Jocelyn, because you inspired play, me to write this whole album, and I love you. And I play like, bass. I didn't write any of the music, but I play bass. But that's all I want out of a booklet. I want thank yous. I want pictures. I want lyrics. And maybe, like, a little story about the album. Yeah. That's it. That's all I need. Good art, the lyrics. That's it. I mean, and that's all I'm asking for. But at the same time, like, what, right now, I'm using streaming services. I, I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong. I'm not going to sit here and defend it, because I don't think that it's the right A lot of people do. don't think it's wrong. A lot of people think it's okay, and I, I'm not. I'm not thinking. I'm not saying it's wrong. What I, I'm saying is that you have an opportunity in your life to consume art and make it have power and meaning, and that will, like I said, deal with a lot of, of inner turmoils that you're having. I'm talking about even if you love photography. Like I, I remember going to like an Ansel Adams like showing and seeing those pictures on the wall and spending time there. And I used to have a book at home. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Same pictures, but there is a process and experience to give that art credit. That it deserves. Well, the reason I think it's Music. wrong is the, the amount of money they're getting back. The, the money that they make. That's my biggest that's problem. That's what I have a hard issue with. Oh, with the with. streaming things? No, yeah. I, I, I do agree, but that's where all the revenue in the music industry is coming right now. So it's hard to, to really say the physical copies aren't bringing the money in. It's yeah. the streaming services. The bands are getting paid for most of those. Like, I mean, they should make know. the streaming services like by genre. So like, I don't listen to half the shit on Apple Music. So if you split that money up in the genre, it would be a lot better than splitting it up over the entirety of music. Mm. No, I, th- I, I, don't, I don't know. I think either way, that these, might be. I think either way, these people are screwed. I mean, yeah. I, either way. And there's and, something, well, there's something transitional that's going to happen with technology. Again, we just have to figure out what it is that keeps music alive. But my thing is though, is like for as many people that, you know, as, as angry as Pete sounds about the streaming oh, no, and no, stuff no. like that. If you treat art, no, like seriously, art, you treat it. If you treat it like, no, it's, there is it's a picture nothing, of Steve jobs up in Pete's bedroom with his dick cut out of the picture. It's crazy. I mean, that's dick, bro. What is this? He hates Steve jobs. You are dick joke all day today yeah what is this 
Look, Captain guys. Dick Joe. Hey, look, it's me, nobody. It's not sure. saving you this time. It's not saving you. It's, okay, it's saving you. I forgot. What the fuck was I talking about? Dicks? I'm dumber now. Yes. I'm extreme. I, mean, uh, I forgot how to drive. Briscoe, to I don't even world. need to take an Uber home. Welcome to my world. I forgot how to drive. That killed my sperm. You will not have a brother or Hey, sister. wait, you're talking about dicks. None of that. Stop. <sighs> Keep it moving. Keep it moving. I'm going to come across this table. <laughs> you're talking about dicks. Seriously. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Yes. I don't have a dick, so I'm not. I'm talking about pussies. Uh, so okay. there. Mm. Well, we're gross this episode. We Becky's coming up. We are <laughs> gross. We are gross. We're raw this episode, man. <laughs> I feel it. I don't even know what I said. <laughs> you, well, something, something vulgar. Everything we're, you said was about a dick. How about that? Let me just, <laughs> let me just give you line. a synopsis. I said one line and you guys lost your minds. No, no. There was yes. a lot of dick talk out of your mouth. <laughs> so anyways, guys, d- definitely check out the uh, the episode prior and, and the whole thing. And then, you know, write, write comments or, like I said, we're throwing out our, our handles. Give us, give us what you guys think about the whole process of it all and what you think about art and, and in terms of music is art these days. Or, just or, having this conversation, I'm going to buy more albums. I'm yeah, going to do just, it. Just I'm just going to do it. Bro, I mean, it's 10 bucks for a record. But you know what, though? But even these, even these uh, artists, though, like how much, what's the percentage that they're making off of a hard copy of an album? Way more than they are I'm off sure of a I'm, I'm sure about this, that. But just like you said, though, how, how can you, especially in today's America, or especially in today's world, where the inflation has gone so high on fucking everything... So you pay $10, just like you said, $10 for once a month. You get hundreds, thousands of albums, anything you want, whenever you want it. Or you could get 10 albums every single month, and that'll cost you 100 bucks. Quality or, over quantity, sir. And let me just say No, this. actually 150 bucks because usually albums cost somewhere between 14 and 15 Or I listen to the same 25 songs all month long anyway, so I could spend time. 10 bucks there on an go. album every month. But okay. also, also realize something. Those first week sales numbers for these bands—that's gonna—that—that that is a huge thing for them. If you want to see a band that you love, like headline, you need to go buy that record. How many albums do you buy a month, Pete? Oh man, I don't know. It's, see, there every you go. month's different, but probably probably fifteen. It's fifteen, 15 albums, so about a hundred and one hundred and fifty two hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. You spend on albums, probably. Okay, yeah. now try and explain that to somebody who's who's working twelve dollars an hour at at, oh, at, okay. at Home Depot. I was I was working minimum wage and I was buying one album a month and two. And sometimes that album I bought sucked and I had no more money and I still lived with it for a month. Yeah, you're missing the point. You don't need to have everything. You just need to have enough. I mean, I paid nine dollars a month to listen to the same twenty five songs and appreciate <laughs> what you get. Like if you're a fan, see, of, I disagree of with Judas everything Priest, you're saying. Okay, I, think I disagree with everything you're saying if you're it's, fan it's of, basic economics is at this point no, it's I, basic economics I understand that. if you're point. a fan of jewish priest and you have to live with firepower for one month and that's all you can afford you'll be fine so what should we do pete so what so what should the answer be what oh, should, there, no no i'm not telling people what to do okay i'm just saying that there is there is an a, 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 no a, but a you are activity to the process but you are telling people what to do no i don't think I am. yeah you are you kind of are you're basically you're in in a, in a roundabout way. You're telling everybody to get off the streaming services, stop those stop those subscriptions, and then start buying music. I'm, I'm not saying that. No, he legitimately said, "I don't think it's wrong." I don't think anything wrong. Streaming services, but you but you've named off a thousand different reasons as to why it's the, wrong. The to you. process to me is beneficial for the human. It's a human thing. That's what art is for. The process of 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 owning and getting something that people worked on as a physical form is 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 not a cold process. It's warm. It's tangible. Listening to music on a streaming service, I'm not saying you can't get that same feeling from, but like it's, it's an overwhelming amount. It's not the same thing. A limit to something is good. I, a limit to something good is, is, is fine. To have an hour record, 
you know, and, and actually know it is not going to hurt you is what I'm saying. But, but to, this has created a weird consumer. I mean, we, we see this in comedy all the time. People, people, people text us and they want to come to our show, but they don't want to pay. They don't want to pay for it. They just want to come to the show. And then they don't even want to come to the whole show. They want to know when we're going up. So they want to stream our set, basically. They want to consume it at the rate that they want to do it. Yeah, and it's happened, and it's already happened. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, so Right, and it's ruined comedy, and it's ruined music. But again, how do you get society to turn off something that's so easy for them? Because you teach the consumer something different. Plague. That's it, man. A plague. plague. Well, she said plague. A plague. Mm. She said plague. We need a plague. Plague in their in their uh, buttholes. Stop with oh, God! Wow. You almost said dick. You almost said dick. I saw it on your lips. But I saw it on your uh, lips. You were gonna say dick. All right, guys. All right, guys. <laughs> all right, guys. Might be the most uncomfortable twenty five minutes we did in a long time or ever. Wasn't my fault. It was your guys' fault. Oh, okay. It's all, right. all you. Yep. Yep. This April, Polish black death metal overlords Behemoth will release their new live DVD Blu-ray Mess Noir via Metal Blade Records in the USA. Mess Noir includes the band's victorious shows in Warsaw, Poland on October 8, 2016 and Brutal Assault 2016 as well as the Satanist Cinematic Archive featuring all official videos associated with the band's globally successful record of the same name. Pre-order your copy of Mess Noir now at metalblade.com slash behemoth. Once again, metalblade.com slash behemoth. And with that, guys, let's roll into my interview with Benji of Skindred. Hi, everybody. It's Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast on the phone. I got Benji from Skindred. New record, Big Tings, is coming out April 27th. And the direction on this album is different. You got some big choruses. Uh, it's a very, very catchy record. You, tell me about your approach on this one, um, you know, what you were going for. Well, you know, in all honesty, with, with this record, on all the other Skindred albums, I, I've had a big say on the songs. And um, the guys in the band, you remember, we've been, we've been around, well, well, 19 years, mm. you know? And um, mostly it's me write all the songs, all, all, all the, when I say write the songs, I mean lyrics and melodies, but the guys in the band just said, look, we got some ideas as well that they want to lay down. And we, we, we all put our, our ideas into the pot. And um, a lot of the ideas on this record came from Mikey, Mikey the guitarist, and Dan, the bass player, a lot, of the, a lot of the melodies and a lot of the choruses. So I think that's the whole reason why the album sounds the way it does, you know? With, with the main songs you hear, like Big Things, you know, I, I did very little on that, as in like contributing to the writing, because it just sounded so good that it didn't need anything. You know. But normally, like you had more creative control, you feel on the on the previous records. Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've, um, I've had more more to do, like I said. But you know what? Believe me, brother, <laughs> I'm quite happy because it sounds massive and it's easier for me. Because <laughs> you know what I mean? It takes a lot of weight off my shoulders. And the guys did a great job, and as a team, I think we did a great job on on putting that album together. Completely understand, man. And so, but when you are taking like a different direction, you know, you're, you're taking kind of chances. Um, when you hear a song back and it's it's not what you're used to hearing, was there a song on this record that you heard back and you're like, wow, I'm really impressed that you had maybe some fear or some kind of, uh, you know, doubt about? Well, when you write all the songs all the time, you do get a bit precious. But I just wanted to, when, when Mikey came with an idea and said, yo, check this song out, you know, I just wanted that song to be excellent because I didn't want to let him down in any way or shape, you know? What I found was, like, afterwards, it was really refreshing to sit back and see the guy's faces after we after, after I'd first the vocals on the song. 
and watch them going, you know what, you've delivered this in the best way you could, and that's, that's made me feel good, you know? 100%, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I completely get understand that. So, like, lead single, A Machine, that's the first thing you guys put out. Big Tings is out yeah. now, the video, or the lyric video. Um, the, but the lead single, you did have uh, Phil Campbell from uh, Motorhead fame. He did write some riffs for that one. Is that correct? Yeah, or- yeah. Phil Campbell came up and stepped up. You know, um, he's Welsh because I'm, I'm Welsh. I'm Welsh as well. So, so, so Phil and me, over the years, we got to know each other and he just he was well done to play some guitar on there. So he played some guitar on there. And then we got Gary from a band called Reefer. You know, Reefer, like, like one of them bands that's just, you know, they got that, that sort of rock and roll blues kind of thing about them. Fantastic vocalist. I've always been a big fan of Reef, you know. There's some of their songs are great. So having the opportunity to work with Gary in the studio in that song was something that we all jumped at. Let me let me bring up the studio. I know this is kind of an odd question here, but this was recorded in Peter Gabriel's studio. What, a, what an amazing place that is. Uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. Because when I read that, I'm like, I, I can you describe that studio to me? Because that seems like the place I would want to record everything ever. You know, well, so. it, to, to me, when you look at outside the studio, he's got it looking like... Um, like a bad guy's lair from from James Bond, you know the way how it looks from the outside. But going into it, it's, it's oh my god, it's so beautiful. It's like there's not a studio that I've been to like that. You know, it's definitely Peter Gabriel's. And the, the really cool thing about it, we was in the main building recording the album, and um, across the road was like a, a, a side studio, and that's the studio where he recorded Sledgehammer and stuff like that. You know, and we went in there, and um, it was like a time warp. It's, it's, nothing's been touched, like. In 15 years, you know, yeah. he just kept it the way it was. Never, like it's still got all the old machines in there and all that, and like all the all the artwork from the album. You know, if you remember the video, all that artwork is in the studio. Oh, it was it was just it was beautiful. And when I listen to the to the sound of the the album, I just I get taken back there straight away. You know, it's just incredible. And the energy of the music that, like, when we bring up this the big time era of Peter Gabriel, or even like pop music in the '80s, it was all very different. It was all very um, even edgy in a way, you know, opposed to like modern day stuff, which I feel is is yeah. much more fabricated. So it really had an art to it. And with that, though, when you're like in the studio, that you have that vibe when you're recording it all. Yeah, you. Well, it takes you right back there because you can imagine being in in that studio, and. You know, when we, were, when we were tracking the drums, like we tracked them on, it's just, you know, if I could just show everybody the way how the studio was and the, the way how it just, um, it just, it gave you the, the sense of like, you're doing something important here, you know, it wasn't just another throwaway studio session, for sure. Gotcha, man. And now, on the new record, Big Tings, which comes out April 27th, guys, uh, there was a track called Broken Glass that I listened to, and uh, it made me, it just made me think of uh, the incident where a couple years ago you did actually get slashed and there was some, yeah, I, got, <laughs> I didn't know if this song had anything you know lyrically well, to do with it's, that it's, it's, it, it, I just wanted to sing something like that because it's funny because I'm, I'm one of the old records we had a song called Cut Them you know <laughs> and now we've got this Broken Glass song but Broken Glass is more to do with you know you're in, you're in life and you've been living a certain way and then all of a sudden it's like a rude awakening you know it's mm. like a rude awakening that's, that's what the song is about and so in that incident, if we can talk about that for a second, exactly like how did you feel like, or, or I don't know if you can tell us exactly what happened, because in the story, it just yes, looks like... Yeah, you know, I mean, I was, me and my girl went to um, to a party, and we were walking through our, our hometown after the party, and there was some girls arguing at the top of the street. So I, I walked past the girls, and, you know, being a cheeky chap I am, you know, 
I just said to the girls in a joking way, like, calm down, ladies, get a room. With that, one of the girls turned around and just attacked me, and she just, I, I, I pushed her back because she was right in my face, and she slipped over, got up, and next thing you know, I thought she was, just, I thought she was just clawing at me, but I heard something crash, heard something smash, and she just cut my throat. I never even realised, you know, it was only when I went around the corner, you know, after the girl was screaming and shouting, and she ran off with her friend. I, I didn't realize I was cutting, so my girlfriend said, honey, you know, your neck's bleeding. And then it was like seen from the exorcist, when I, you know, with the blood just squirting out, you know. Mm-hmm. I was two, two, you know, it was like two centimeters, two, two inches from my from my um, throat, my jugular, you know. Yeah, and that's when I see the, that's what I was going to bring up, is like when you see the picture of like the stitches, it looked like it was two centimeters, you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wow. what, exactly what, it, you know, if, I mean, if, I, if I had to turn my head any, any, any other way than what I did, I wouldn't have been here today. I would have been just a memory, you know. So that's just definitely. insane. Mm-hmm. As like just yeah, I, a little little altercation like that, yeah. Exactly, an altercation like that. But that's where altercations go, you know. People never, you know. And I'm sure that when when you know when the girl sobered up and she realized that what she did, she felt bad, and you know, obviously they went to prison, which is good, you know, because you you can't live your life walking around jumping on people, you know, just because you what you want to, you know. So she went to prison, and I'm sure she realized. Hopefully, she realizes the error of her ways. Speaking of altercations, if if I may, and uh, if if you don't follow uh, British boxing, do you follow boxing at all right now? I watch it. I I, I do follow British boxing. Yeah. Okay, because I want to I want to bring up Anthony Joshua because I, I'm I'm in Las Vegas. That's where I'm calling you from. So boxing's okay. a big sport out here. But um, Anthony Joshua is the heavyweight champion of the world. If people don't know him, they need to go to YouTube right now. And uh, <laughs> our our American side is a guy named Deontay Wilder. Yeah. Now, Deontay Wilder recently said in an interview that he wants to have a body on his resume. And he, he said this before, but now he's, he's hinting at the body that he wants is going to be Joshua. When you hear things like this, do you think this is just WWE made-up nonsense? Or do you think there is actual thoughts of this kind of violence in a sport like that? Well... When you say body, what do you mean he, he wants a body? As he, in- he, he said that like he wants to kill someone in the ring. Oh, well, that's not very... You know, it's a sport, yeah? Yeah. So we don't talk about killing people in the ring because that's something that we don't want to happen. And I'm sure Dante Wilder, if he did kill him in the ring, he'd never forgive himself and he'd live a terrible life. You know, it's something pathetic. It's pathetic to even say, I want to kill somebody in the ring. I mean, to beat somebody in the ring is different from killing somebody. And this is sport. We don't kill people in sport, you know? Yeah. Your intention is supposed to win. I mean, if he says, I want to I want to bust his, I want to kick his ass, then fair enough. But to actually say, I want to kill somebody, that's ridiculous, you know? It just shows, it's totally unsportsmanlike, it's totally unboxing to say that. Yeah, so he, if, when, when this fight is made, now I know that a lot of people are, are uh, looking for Tyson Fury versus Joshua, but we're not sure if Fury's ready. If the next fight in line is Wilder, and this is the attitude that he's bringing to that. I mean, he is going to be the villain. And that's one thing about sports and boxing that I've learned is like Floyd May- Mayweather is the greatest villain of all time, yet he is, mm-hmm. you know, the most rich athlete in the last 20 years. <laughs> so, right. Well, people need a villain when it comes to sport, don't they? Yeah, I, strangely it, enough. You know, I mean, look, when Muhammad Ali boxed, boxed um, Sonny Liston, everyone was like, this kid can't beat Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston is a brutal monster, you know, and then... Ali whooped his ass. Yeah. You know, 
And that's 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 how it goes all the time. But Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson, you know, I mean, you can say all you want and train all you want and be all you want. All it takes for you is to have one second where you, you just look the other way and your career is done, you know. So Joshua's going to do what he's going to do. Don't, I'd love to see Dante Wilder box Joshua. It's something that I've always wanted to see. I think Dante's a wild cat and I think Joshua and him will have a great fight. And I really believe that Dante will put him on his ass. I really believe that. So you you would take Wilder over Joshua because I'll tell you. I what, would. You go, ask me. I would. T- if you if you said to me who's going to win after watching the fights, yeah. I'd go. For, I'd, I'd definitely go for the, for the wild man. <laughs> I I see what you're saying because like the last fight with Parker that I saw Joshua do, I, that's the first time I thought that hey, you know, Wilder might be able to take this guy. Yeah. You know? I, well, I mean, it's different strokes for folks, but I really believe that at the moment, if if they box this afternoon on on going on. Joshua's last fight, I think, I really do think that um, Wilder would do him. And, and no, I would. <laughs> uh, no, hopefully I, not. But <laughs> yeah, we don't want a body. I know that. I'm like, no, we don't, we don't need a body. No. That's why. That's what's making me want to cheer for Joshua because he's so that's adamant it. at at being that's, ignorant. Yeah. Then you then you got the the, the WW thing where where you're saying I'm going to make this. I want to kill him. I want to be the bad man. Like, like you know, everybody hated Kamalang. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, hey man. <laughs> see a real man. You want to see a real man? You know, everyone, everyone said, "Oh, Rocky, Rocky should kick his ass." Because they do. It's the WWE attitude, I think. Even in rock and roll, bands do that as well. You know, they just go, "Oh, we're going to do this on that tour. We're going to do that." It's just a hype to get people off their seat and go, "Yeah, keep people talking, keep them hyped up." You know? Yeah, it, it works though. I mean, I bring it up in an interview. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I just done a, a bunch of IDs for um, our British tour. You know, and I'm not just going, hey, man, this is Benji from Skindred coming down to see us, you know. I'm jumping around like a crazy person. Like, I'm, it's like I'm selling, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all going to go. I'm selling this right now. You know, people want to hear that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's an it's art to that. Yeah. Practically giving it away. Come on down. You know, <laughs> people want that. You know, they don't want like. Hey man, you know, I'm in a band. Come and see me, man. Totally, man. And let me actually uh, bring up the cover to the new record, Big Tings, if I can, because yeah. I'm a dog person. But okay, you got, it's it's okay. There's a cat on the cover, and, the, and it's, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it's like a house cat, if I if I may, and it's dressed up like you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that cat is called Mr. Snips. <laughs> it's called Mr. Snips. So. Mr. Snips. Yeah. So uh, That's was there a particular reason that Mr. Snips uh, made the cover this time around? Yeah, we needed, we wanted someone cool, and Mr. Snip's been around, so we thought we'd give him a shot on the cover. And you know, it sort of ties in because we've had a, we've had lions on the cover, mm-hmm. so and and that was like we're, we're keeping with a feline run, like so. We so, thought, yeah, we got Mr. Snip's, put him in a cool jacket, give him my shades to wear, and and it worked, you know. Nice, yeah, yeah. I know that's the first thing. It's it's a very noticeable you know, it's, cover. I want I, I wanted. I wanted a, I wanted a, um, to have all dogs and like imagine this cool cat stood there and all these dogs coming towards him. So in his glasses on on the front cover, you would have seen all these dogs coming towards him. Like Mr. Snips don't move too fast for nobody. He's a pretty cool dude, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so inside the booklet, there's nothing like that. That was just the idea. For no, no, cover? no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that but no. It seems like it can continue like that. Yeah, like a story inside the yeah, booklet. I was, exactly. I was, I was hoping for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah mi- Mr. Snips is a cat that don't run from no man. Does it? That's what I want to do. I like it. I like it. You can tell. You can tell. Your shades. Yeah. Your, your shades have that power. 
Yeah, exactly. They got the power. When I put it's, you know, it's funny them them shades I wear on stage. When I put them on, I have is this something happens to me? It is like a Marvel comic hero thing, you know. I, as soon as I put them spiky shades on, that's it. I'm 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 Benji from Skinhead, and this is Showtime. You know, that's what it is, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I I, I, I totally believe like, that. I'm a, I'm a cross between Mick Jagger and um, Beetlejuice. You know. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I get I get that. I get I get Mick Jagger, Beetlejuice, and, and Johnny Rotten all rolled into one. Every time I put them glasses on, that's what happens to me. Nice. All those personalities good for a stage. So it doesn't matter which <laughs> no, one it, comes out. It, it, I don't mind. It doesn't matter to me. Being on stage, it's like I am actually channeling some past people to come into me to perform. It's, 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 I know it sounds hoogie bougie, but it's crazy being up there, man. I'm telling you, if people have seen Skin Dread, I'm, I'm up there and I know I'm in control. But I know I'm letting all these all these demons rock with me, you know, and they're loving it, and they, and they and they're all getting a chance to come out and, and rock and bring the energy into the place. And I think that's something that I can't control, and it ain't something that I make up. It's just it's just it just happens every time we get on stage or put the glasses on, and we play some songs. You know, if people know Skindred, then they know that, you know, we don't we we don't spend enough time in America. That's what I'd like to say. Anyway, we need to get over there and show some people some how we do it on stage. You know, because I'm like this wild church preaching crazy gospel head up there, you know? But my gospel is about unity and strength and bringing the world together, not pushing us apart, you know? Yeah, and I, I do want to talk about uh, kind of a hot-button issue in a second. But yeah, you were out here for the Volumes record. I remember you were in, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah did, you guys did played, a little tour. We did Vegas, but it was like one of them, little disrespect, we, the, the, the bill we was on just wasn't our bill, but people enjoyed it, you know? But it just wasn't our bill. It wasn't, you know, I mean, a friend of mine from England um, was at the show, and he lives in Vegas. And he said to me, you know what, the reaction that you got for what the, for the bill you was on was incredible. I thought, really? And he enjoyed the show and all that. But I really do believe the last time I played Vegas in the way I should have played it was with Disturbed. I can't remember where to, but we played with Disturbed, and that was a mighty, mighty show. I'd, it actually was Super Bowl night with um, Seven Dust, I think we played. Or we were there for Super Bowl night. Not this year, a few years back. But the two times I've played, in, I always feel like Vegas got something for me, and we got something for Vegas. And I, I'm hoping to return there and play play a big show one day. Nice. Yeah, I, 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 you guys can you guys can definitely do that. So with the, like I said, you're a peaceful, you're a positive guy. You always preach in the positivity, which is which is great in, in our genre and our music. And I want to just mm-hmm. touch uh, a little bit. Of, I like talking because, like I said, you're on the other side of the pond, just about like hot button issues that are happening out here in America. For example, a huge one right now is gun control. And uh, in your country, you guys have gun control laws. I mean, can you tell? Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, you can't just walk in a storm by a gun over here. You know, it's totally illegal. And I just believe that the less people, the less crazy people who, who got guns, the easier it'll be for all of us, you know? I mean, look, yesterday, YouTube, you know, it's come on, man. Yeah. It's like people, like, as soon as they get, they think, my life ain't good. Let's go shoot a bunch of people. And that's no way to be, you know? It's just crazy, and I just think the guns really, really need control, and they do need control. And you know, it's, it's you know, children pick up their father's guns and just blast themselves and somebody else, and then you've got some person who's just sick of the world and decides to p- pick up, you know, a shotgun and just start killing people. It, it just really needs control. You can see that it needs control. I mean, it, it, the old way is not working. We didn't. We need. Look, I'm not saying get rid of guns. Don't be silly. I'm saying the old way is not working. We need a new way. Let's brainstorm and come with a new way. I, I completely agree with that. And then, 
but you know from uh, the american perspective they think that that's culturally you know let's just say a, a, a god-given right to if you need to and like i said this is ain't my beliefs i'm just kind of doing the devil's yeah, advocate yeah. to overthrow the government that has taken you over you need to have these semi-automatic or fully automatic weapons in your possession like that mindset doesn't make sense to me really but in a country that like i said you have gun control laws do you ever even come across that thought process or does that make no sense at all it makes no sense because there's no for me there's no need to, for, for that kind of thing i mean police got guns and i know some villains got guns but it ain't something that which is ripe you know it ain't ripe it's never had been ripe you know, you got to remember your country, America. No disrespect is built on people with guns. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, and if you're when your country, when its foundation has been through guns, then it's, it's quite difficult to get through that in, into people's head that there's a different way we can do this because people people don't want a different way, but yet they need a different way. Exactly, and with that though, when people need a different way and they refuse to accept it, you're you're at a deadlock. There's nothing you can do, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. You definitely rock. And and you know what? I just pray that the people, you know, in charge can listen to the children on the street because now the children on the street is crying, we need change. As you see in all these matches all over Washington and stuff. Even the children are crying. And when the children are crying, you know, upstairs gotta listen, bro. Because I'm a father of four. And if my children are crying, I wanna answer their prayers. And that is something that's actually a really good statement you just said. Why what what parent would ignore the children? I know, know? well Yeah. Exactly. I got four children, like I said, and whatever them, them children ask for, I will see them in pain and cry. I'll, I'll try to do something to help them straight away. You know, I mean, when, when my son's hungry, I don't give him a stone. I give him a meal. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, completely, yeah. yeah and, and, that's, and that's the deal with, with this, this gun situation. Because, you know, as we speak to somebody listening to this and, you know, they're having thoughts, which they know they shouldn't be having towards others and, and whatnot. We, and they want to do things with guns, and it's just, you know, we all got to learn to live together, because if we don't, we're going to die together. <laughs> yeah, man. And when you have those thoughts, like you just mentioned, and don't understand, truly understand what consequences are, bad things can happen. You know, even going back to Columbine, you know, mm. people people just just get so, they just do what they want to do, and, and, and maybe they want to they they do that and just end their own life but, and hurt as much as possible. I believe, you know what? <laughs> In my in my own twisted way, I believe once you do that, you take your own life. You're right back where you started, just like in the Twilight Zone or something. You know, can't get away from it. Uh, I I do agree on that. Actually, I I completely mm. think that same same thought I process. Just, man. You just jump out of life and that's it. I think I know it sounds a little kooky, but I believe like the twi- like something like the Twilight Zone or Black Mirror. You think you're ending, you but you're going right back where you started. That would be you justice. Don't, <laughs> you don't know it. You're going right back. The hell you ran from, you jumped into. And the damage you caused, yeah. That's it's it's unrepairable. And uh, you know what? I'm uh, recently a friend of mine's mother died. I'm I'm a big I'm I'm a big old man, but his mother died. And you know what? I don't cry easy. And I didn't cry because his mother died. I cried because the pain my friend was in, and I seen him in his face, and it was like my God, you know. And even now, talk, talking about it, it's just, it's just touching. It's just so touching. Death is so real, and it's always there with us, present constantly. But seeing, see, when you see your loved one cry for his loss, that, that broke my heart. It really did. 
And that's, that's something about being human though, that has to be taught, you know, and it takes years to get is, is empathy. Yeah. You know, uh, you're not just born with it, unfortunately. No, like, no, no. You, I mean, you, I mean, at the end of the day, some people go, I ah, get over it. Just, no, my friend, you don't just get over it. Mm-mm. This is something that you have to deal with. A bereavement is a real situation, you know? A hundred percent, man. Yeah, like you don't get over it. I think you're different forever. I've said that before on the show. Of course, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, look, I lost my mother and father really early as a kid, and even now I still miss them. So it's something that you got to learn to cope with. You know, something you got to learn to cope with. And we all think we're going to live forever. You know, no one thinks it's going to happen to them, whether it be cancer, whatever it may be. But people don't realize it's that it's it's our turn to live. You know, and just just to care for each other. Mm-hmm. If I can make somebody stand in an, in an auditorium and they come into that place on their own and then they, st- they stand with 10,000 people and then they all feel like they are united and I can impact their life to, to do something a bit stronger, I think as a, as a rock and roll singer, my job is to make people walk out of a venue a little bit different for the better, you know? And I don't think it's just about me getting a check and, and, and just watching people go crazy and then they leave. I really want people to be impacted by Skindred's music, sound, and, and and the rock and roll show. Yeah, and the positivity, the performance, yeah, that, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm listen, brother. I'm not always positive. You know, I don't always feel up, up the best. But you know what? When I'm given an opportunity and I'm given that responsibility to rock, I'm gonna make sure I impact your life in the right way. Because if I ain't impacting your life in the right way and giving you something, then this whole rock and roll thing is, is worthless. Hey man, I, I completely understand. Let me touch base on something, I guess, because you were saying you're not always positive, but there was a story that when I was doing some research, I guess a couple of years back, you did present an award to, to Baby Metal at the Kerrang Awards. Yeah. And um, you got a little heat when you were interrupting them, and some people said you were mocking their accents, and, and there's a video out there, but um, can you address kind of your side on that whole yeah, thing? Yeah, I'd love to. Listen, you know what? I'm just going to say, it's bullshit, brother. Mm. I did not. I did not mock their accents, you understand me? But at the end of the day, eh, there was a French band that came on 10 minutes before them and I said bonjour to them. If I said bonjour to this French band and then when Baby Metal come on, I said um, arigato, isn't that the same kind of thing? So why didn't no one kick up a stink about me saying bonjour? I was asked to do this presenting job. I didn't realize that these girls could not speak English at all and they took like, a week trying to learn this speech, right? If I was told before I stood on the stage, don't mess around with them. Don't, don't, because every, every band that came on stage, I was joking with them all night long because that's why they booked me to do the thing. And I didn't realize that Baby Metal had to learn this speech for like two weeks and get it right. And there's me interrupting them like an ass. But I didn't know that they were had to learn it. If someone would have said to me, you know what, you can joke, you can play with everybody all night on stage. But when Baby Metal comes on stage, please be quiet because they've, 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 um, they've learned this speech and it's difficult for them. If someone would have said that to me, I would not have said a word to them. I said arigato and I said, you guys rock. And somebody tried, took the, what I said and, and did what they wanted with it. You know, I mean, they just took the words and typed in on the computer. And if you read the words and look at me when I speak, you're going to read that because it's what, what you can see. It was rubbish. It was, it was rubbish, 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 rubbish. And it breaks my heart. To think that people would think that I was being racist to somebody. Me as a black man? No, I'm not racist, bro. I'm faces. I like people. And sometimes I don't. But I don't like... It's not a nationality on the planet that I don't like. 
It's the way it is. I, I, I take people on face value. I got beautiful Japanese friends. I've been to Japan so many times, you know, and um, I've been there since the since the baby metal thing. And it just breaks my heart to think that someone would like take their time to write on their computer, watch me, and then put up, put these words in in my mouth that I didn't say. You know, God for God forgive them and God bless them. May they find something to do with their life because I did not hurt them girls in any shape or form. That's not in my heart. And how 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 hard is it though to accept these misunderstandings that people can see, or they're just going to look at a very specific thing? You know, like like we we're talking well, about this exactly, story. Yeah. Well, like I said already, them girls got on stage and I, I said, Arigato. I said, you girls rock. Yeah, you do. And then the, the people put them, them words. And when you read the thing, and you, you think I'm actually saying what they've written. I never said that. But, you know, it's like this. In, the, in, a, in a day and age where people, where everybody on the planet got, got something to say and they can say something. It's like we, we brought out a single the other day and some of the, some of the people that was writing stuff, it's like, it's like I killed their, shit, their children or something, you know? It's like I couldn't believe like some of these people that, that how how outspoken people are beyond their computer screen. I, I I've been there like as a podcast host, like I get transcribed as well, you know. And sometimes yeah. like I'm like they're missing the inflection, like if we're joking, all these well, things, like, you know. It's like and, it's, and it's like trying to have an argument by text. Yeah, you I can't can, hear the voice. Exactly. You, know, you, you read the words, you're going, Oh, do you know what? That's not what I meant. And then they go, what did you mean then? And then it's a big argument. And if it was a phone conversation where people heard you, it wouldn't be a fight. It'd just be a conversation. It's, do you know what? It's, it's like, because it's, if you know Skindred and you know um, my old band, Dub War, I've always been into bringing the world together. Not se- se- like, I'm, I'm, I'm the first person to get on stage and say, when you come to a Skindred show, you are under the umbrella. It doesn't matter if you're black, Jewish, transgender, gay. Once you come in this room, we are all together. There's no good and there's no bad. There's just people here. And that's something I say night after night after night. You know, and it, it just breaks my heart that people would take the good works that I've done for racial unity and throw that in a mix. But, you know, that's how the devil works. It, it is. It is. Uh, I, 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 I agree on, on a lot of that. It's like a, a lot of things that people stand for and donate or, you know, their yeah. life to. Like, it, it can yeah. be... Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's exactly that was like it, it could be crushed in 30 seconds just yeah. because someone's opinion of you. You know, I mean, look, everyone, not everyone's going to like every oh, look. I got a lot of bands that I love out there, but they don't always make the best record. But am I going to talk shit about them? No, I'm not. I just say, you know what? It's their band. It's not yours. They can do what the hell they want, man. We talk. You know? ab- yeah, we talk about it all the time. People love to hate, though. It sells oh, they do. well. Yeah. They, there you go. Let's go back to the Dante Wilder thing. People love to hate. Yeah, there you go. They love it. You it's know, like their favorite thing yeah. right now. Of course. It's, you know, I mean, and it's so easy to go. You got a thumb up or down. It's so easy for you to be the emperor of Rome and just click down, you know, and then, then, they, then they're dead and everyone else is on them. The lions to the wolves. Lions to the wolves, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, the rubber, I, I always say this, man, the rubber band's going to come back around. And and uh, I don't I don't think hate really wins too often. It's just a oh no no a, a, hate don't win yeah hate don't hate don't win you know great wins hate don't exactly and like I said we're we're early in this uh, infor, in, in information age if we may hey, you, you know, know one thing I just realized you know what it's only like it's only like yeah you like you said it's early in the inf- information rock and roll and music is something that's, which is the youngest industry on the planet hmm. you know? it's the youngest it's, you know. 
So we don't know. This thing's still growing and going where it should be going. 100%. But like we said, hate don't win. Great wins. And on that note, man, I want to tell everybody, uh, new record, Big Tings, comes out April 27th. Uh, Benji, man, I got to tell you, man, it was a fantastic talk. I'm really happy I got to do this interview with you, man. Everybody, uh, you guys starting your tour in France, I believe, is like April 14th. Yeah, we got one show in France. We got show, one show in France, and then we get back to the UK, and we're going out with a band. I, I believe they're an American band called CKY, yep. a band called Dangle Jane Jones, and we're going out there in the UK, and we're looking forward to an amazing summer, and we can't wait to get back to play some big shows in the States. Yes, dude, and we can't wait to get you guys out here. So everybody, once again, uh, Big Things comes out April 27th. Pre-order your copy. Uh, check out the, the video right now for Machine and the lyric video for the title track on that record. So uh, with that, Benji, I just want to thank you so much, man, for giving us a call here at the Metal Sucks Podcast. Thank you very much. You guys have a wonderful day. Keep smiling.
Metal Sucks Podcast. If it's punk, metal, or rock, Rockabilia is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from. Hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest, Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting 
supporting the artists. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. And for special discounts, use the promo code PCJabberJaw. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go, www.rockabilia.com. All right, and we are back, guys. First song you heard is uh, off the new record by Skindred. That song's called That's My Jam. The record is called Big Things. It's out April 27th. Second song you heard is from uh, Aura Noir. That song is called Dark Lung of the Storm. Uh, check it out on Metal Sucks, dude. Search it right now. Their new record, Aura Noir, is out April 27th. Um, and that does it this week, guys, for the show. Brandon, any, anything? Uh, any, any, you, I mean, you were the spotlight today, buddy, with, with your cock rings and stuff. So. Yeah, with your weird BDSM murder. Look, <laughs> after this show, what I want you He's guys to do. cutting out people's buttholes and using them as cock rings. What's Look, wrong with you? <laughs> I never said anything about cutting out their buttholes. They were going to be attached to their buttholes, and oh. then they would have been used <laughs> oh, to cock rings. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> hey, look, it's me, nobody. Show- <laughs> the Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.